welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. Laban, how are you, sir? Drew Duraney, blessed. Muy bendecito, as they say in Espanol. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I love, I love with the, uh, the Australian accent and the Spanish lingo. I love that. It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, it's great to see you, my friend. Every time I, I speak with you, I not only feel good when I hang up the phone, it's during it. You always teach me something. So, uh, and I'm sure you'll have a lot to, to help the audience with today. Um, you know, it, it's the world's best courage coach. I know why you call your that that you that is you because i've i've experienced it can you tell me what's gotten you to this because i know you know you weren't born woke up you know in diapers and said i'm going to be the world's best courage coach something must have got you to get to this point well first things first drew i'd say i really enjoy talking to you as well and, and thank you for being such a a brand advocate is a way that I will describe our relationship. You, you introduced me to uh, amazing people and, and connect me with, you know, things that you don't need to do. And, and I'm very grateful for that. And anyone that's in Drew's life, uh, you, you know, hopefully you can, you can come to learn that or you experience it already. Um, I wanted to, there's a quote I don't know if I've got it handy from a lady that I just interviewed called uh, Tanya, Tanya Levy. She -hmm. deals with masculine women, like high-performing masculine women. She, I was talking to her about this world's best courage coach and I, and I justified it by saying it's a, it's a declaration. It's not an ego statement. She's like, Mm -hmm. why are you even justifying anything? Like you, you don't need to justify anything. Where this came from Drew is a, it's a really powerful story for me, mm-hmm. and I know it impacts other people. And it was only in September of 2021 that this came about, and I had an experience where I came to learn about a very powerful individual by the name of Steve Hardison. Now, you're more than likely listening to this having never heard of Steve. Mm-hmm. And up until a year and a half ago, he really was an enigma. He is known as the ultimate coach. He's a, in his late 60s now, he lives in Mesa in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And for the last 30 years, he has been responsible for coaching some of the most interesting and extraordinary people on planet Earth, including people like Iyanla Van Zan, who was Oprah Winfrey's coach for a number of years, billionaire CEOs, world-class athletes, philosophers, shamans, Muslims, yeah, everything, right? Yeah, this guy has been described as what the the modern day equivalent of what what people perceive Jesus Christ to be like, okay. in, in a non totally non blasphemous way, right? Right, right. He he exudes love, mm-hmm. like unconditional loving, and and I've experienced this firsthand. I watched this video that I would encourage you to link in the show notes. And it's on YouTube. It's about two hours and 10 minutes of DNA alteringly good content. Hmm, okay. It, it's so 
it so profoundly affected me that I knew that I needed to to speak to the Steve Hardison man to see if what I experienced whilst watching this video, which is a which is some of the only footage of him speaking about twelve or thirteen years ago that exists anywhere on the internet up until recently. Right. And to give you an idea, Drew, yeah. to work with this guy for fifty hours coaching, his current prices are two hundred thousand USD. Right, and you got to fly to his house. Uh, it's all paid up front, mm-hmm. <laughs> no exceptions. They don't record it. And when you're charging that kind of money for coaching, you, you want to be good, right? Yeah, of course. So I, I'm very resourceful, and I got this guy's phone number, and I rung him. He picked up the phone, and I said, Steve Hardison? He said, yes, it is. I said, it's Laban Ditchburn from Melbourne, Australia, here, which is where I was living at the time. Mm-hmm. He goes, Laban, <laughs> so great to hear from you. I've been waiting for this call all my life. <laughs> one of the greatest pickups to any phone call i've ever made yeah (laughs) right and and like it wasn't disingenuous it was very very sincere and i said steve i just watched this video with you talking about the power of commitment and like who do i need to be in order to become right right showing up and i was so moved by it i just wanted to speak to you to see if what you're like in video you are in real life mm-hmm. and i knew that i didn't have anything to offer this guy drew right. i always would go into every single interaction particularly calling well-known you know hard to access famous people which i have a history of doing and right. and uh adding value right not yeah. wanting to take and I knew this guy was fabulously successful financially, relationship-wise. He's been married to the same woman for 50 years now, I think. And, you know, thriving practice, like kids, everything, like everything. And right. I just said, Steve, what do you need help with? He goes, wow, Levin, I want to acknowledge you for asking me that question. You know, he goes, I'm 67 I'm 8% body fat. I walk 10 miles a day. I got everything a man could ever want, but I just want to thank you for asking me that question. Wow. And I said, oh, no worries, Steve. Uh, are you still not doing podcasts and interviews? Because that was his thing. He's turned down going on the Oprah Winfrey show on multiple occasions. Interesting. Right? Okay. Right. right. So yeah. he, there's no footage of it. There's no interviews, right? You just, uh-huh. and I got my podcast. And I said, Steve, you're still not doing interviews? He goes, that's right. I said, oh, no worries. I said, the reason I ask is I'm a speaker, I'm a coach, I've got this amazing podcast series, and I'm, and I'm well on my way to being known as the world's most positively influential speaker. Hmm. But actually, someone that I spoke to recently, Steve, said that there's too much ego associated with that statement. Now, Steve Hardison, a devout Mormon man, right. yells down the phone, he goes, Laban. <laughs> You tell that person to fuck off. No kidding. <laughs> he goes, do you know who I am? And I go, who are you, Steve? He goes, <laughs> I'm the best coach in the world. And in that moment, I heard this come out of his voice, out of his mouth. And there was zero ego associated with that. Right, right. Like right. None, I was like, what is this? And we had a 13-minute conversation that day that completely changed my life forever. I got off that phone call and I, I called a friend of mine Who's his name's Chris Doris, who's known as the mental toughness coach. He's done yeah. a lot of work with PGA golfers, NFL. Like he's good. Yeah. Very good. He's been coached by Steve Hardison. Oh, wow. And I was financially destitute at the time, living in Australia. We we're in lockdown. My wife was in Russia. 
she had had to get out of Australia to testify against a person with regards to some of her journey. Right, right. And needed some money. And I had this conversation with Chris Doris. I said, Chris, I just called Steve Hardison. We had this amazing conversation. He goes, what do you mean? I go, I just had a 13-minute chat with Steve Hardison. He goes, what what do you mean? I said, we were just chatting on the phone. Not believe you, yeah. Right. He goes, do you have any idea the gift of courage you have to bring to the world? Ah, okay. Right? Yeah, in that moment, Drew, Uh the world's best courage coach was created. Uh And along with that declaration, Chris Doris and I came up over four hours with a strategy on how I was going to make some money. Right, right. And it involved me cold calling the CEOs of the biggest companies on planet Earth. Right, right. And delivering the following line, which I'll tell you in a second. Okay. And I started ringing, I rang Eric Yang, who's the CEO of Zoom. He was on his car phone. He couldn't really hear me. His English isn't that great. Mm -hmm. So that fizzled out. And then I called some people at Cisco and Walmart and and didn't get through to anyone. It was getting late in the US. I called this number in Australia for Hodges Real Estate, which is a company you would have never heard of in the US, but Mm -hmm. they are the oldest real estate company in Australia. Mm -hmm. And the CEO, whose cell phone number I had, picks up. He says, hi, Tony Tony speaking. And I said, Tony Zarka? He said, yes, it is. I said, Tony Zarka, it's Laban Ditchburn from Melbourne, Australia here. He goes, oh, hi, Laban. Uh, do we know each other? I said, Tony, we've never spoken before, but today's your lucky day, I said. <laughs> he laughs. He goes, why is it my lucky day, Laban? I said, because, Tony, I'm the world's best courage coach, and I teach your people how to take bold, massive, and courageous action to facilitate their own miraculous outcomes. And what took place on that phone call, Drew, yeah. was 13 minutes Another 30 minutes of DNA-alteringly good conversation, which resulted in him inviting me back the following week to present and pitch for some training and coaching that his organization wanted. Hmm. Now, we're still in lockdown at this moment, so it's just me and him on Zoom the following week. And I asked him one question, one open question at the beginning of the conversation, because Steve Hardison says, the power is in the listener. Mm -hmm. And he spoke for 45 minutes when I said, what do you want to do with this business? He spoke for 45 minutes. I let him just flow. He gave me all the information I needed. I knew how I could serve these guys. And he said to me, you know, I want to take this from good to great. And uh, he'd been in the role only a few months, like six months, and, and right. uh, the oldest real estate company in Australia. I said, he finished talking. I said, Tony, what about becoming the best real estate company in the state of Victoria, which is where yeah. Melbourne's in, about right. 5 million people? Right. And he looked up at me and he, he started nodding sort of subconsciously. His eyes sort of widened. I said, well, what about being the best real estate company in Australia? 25 million people. Mm-hmm. Now he's really getting into this. And I said, right. you do realize, Tony, that in order for you to have the best real estate company in Australia, you need to be the best real estate CEO in Australia. And 30 seconds later, Drew, I had the CEO of this organization who had only spoken to one week earlier with no pitch deck, no intro, nothing apart from this outrageous, brazen effing cold call, right? Right, right? He's yelling, standing with his arms outstretched at the top of his feet. I'm the best real estate CEO in the world. <laughs> Completely changed his stuff forever about how he showed up, how he looked at himself. And I pitched multiple six figures on that call, mm-hmm. training and coaching. You know what he said to me? What? He didn't yell. He didn't laugh. He didn't hang up. 
He didn't tell mm. me to F off. He, With all sincerity, he looked at me. He said, Laban, he said, I, I physically do not have the liquid to invest that amount right now. It was a lot of money, right? right. That's the amount that I put on my worth that right. I knew that I could service these guys effectively. Right. Yep. And he said, but let me see what I can do. Now, I got off that call, Drew, and I was a new human being. I was a new man. The 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 glass ceiling of possibility of who I thought that I could reach an impact was completely destroyed. And I knew that I could play at the top echelons of society and, and, and business. And that is how the world's best courage coach came about. And it has completely transformed my stuff forever. Well, you mentioned earlier, Laban, about you were destitute during, you know, before you made these calls. But where did, how did you get the courage to overcome fear? I mean, you must have had fear at some point in your life that didn't earlier in life allow you to be this courageous. So I, I, I'm, I really need to know how you got to where you are. There's got to be some defining moment. Yeah, I'll tell ahead. you, brother. Yeah. I'll tell you. Right. 2019, January is when I went out on my own for my very first entrepreneurial journey. Okay. I wasn't doing what I'm doing now. I used to work in IT recruitment, which I did for 13 years. Right. Right. When I met my now wife, I decided after an experience I had with a bunch of virtue signaling, left-leaning, screaming liberals mm -hmm. that had rules for me and not for thee, uh, I wanted, I didn't want to report into anyone ever again. Right. And so I went out my own and did recruitment for all of 2019. It was a total unmitigated financial disaster. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. And I use that term for effect only because I ended up, I didn't have any interest in recruitment. It wasn't my purpose. And I spent, right. I spent weeks and months researching and learning all the stuff that's, that's become powerful and beneficial to me now. Right. But there was periods there where, I nearly went bankrupt four times in 2019, right? Wow. Uh -huh. And it was a very humbling experience. So I was forced to ring the CIOs and then the CEOs of companies in order to try and drum up business. Right. And I had a few experiences where I would have meaningful conversations with these CEOs, nothing to do with recruitment, right. but I had, I had life experience that was relevant that impacted them. And I was like, I'm onto something here. So that's the backstory. And so I would have had 20, 30 phone calls. And once you, once you have no choice, like if you don't pick up the phone, you're going to go, you're going to starve. Right. And, and at the start of 2020, I actually rang and spoke to Brene Brown on the phone. Mm -hmm. Before I had a podcast, before I had my book, before I had my coaching practice, I didn't have anything. And, and she picked up the phone and I, and, uh, and I said, Brene, I, I, I've been instructed by all my mentors that I need to be around people that are further along than me. And, and I was keen to know if you'd like to share some ideas. And it was New Year's Day. Um, she was about to sit down and have New Year's Day dinner with her family. <laughs> <laughs> but she said, send me an email with what you had in mind and I'll come back to you. And I, so I did. And she came back and she very, very kindly said, look, Laban, I, you know, with what I've got going on with church and, and college, um, and family, I just can't give this the commitment that it deserves. You'll do fantastic, and and that probably really shifted my mind in terms of um, breaking down any fear of rejection. Right. And I've since gone on to make probably five hundred outrageous phone calls mm -hmm. in the last couple of years. Uh, maybe that's an exaggeration. At least at least four hundred. Yes, um, if, if she had said anything other than that, 
it could have broken it could have broken you not allowed you to go forward so could have set me back um temporarily certainly yeah 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 does that answer your question it it does and i want to even go further back because you mentioned about life experiences and i and when i was looking at your linkedin page in your about section just that first sentence you wrote in there where it says a child badly affected by divorce and dysfunction laban sought validation and escapism in all the wrong places if you're comfortable, that is something I'd like to get into and, and understand how you, your, your journey and how you got to where you are because it started, seems to be a very difficult life in the beginning. Yeah, well, I, I'm more than happy to share. None of this stuff holds any dominion over me at all. Mm-hmm. And when you're listening to this, listen to it about yourself, right? Listen to it like it's you because there's so many crossovers and similarities that'll come up. Like mum and dad split up when I was three and a half and it really like it caused a lot of damage. It rippled all through my family. There was a, like every single relative on both sides of my family had been married and divorced at least two, maybe three times. My mother's on her fifth surname. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, and they use the kids as pawns, uh, you know, they would fight over legal things and custody and all that other crap, right? Yeah. But I, I'm i an empath in many ways and I just hid from it and I used self-deprecating humor and validation seeking mm-hmm. from a very young age, dishonesty, and that just manifested itself as an adult. And although on the surface of it, Drew, I had, you know, I was a happy-go-lucky individual. I was deeply unfulfilled. Right, right. And I was going out and I, alcohol and drugs and gambling and sex and negative self-talk all became staples because I was hanging around groups of other people that had gone through their own experiences and it was comfortable and familiar. Right. And I realized at 35, after you know, grinding along the floor of rock bottom, that I was I was destined for much greater things than what I was achieving. Mm-hmm. I was yep. miserable through. Yeah, absolutely. And and so I asked for help and I got access to the gambling uh, helpline and a psychologist on there and, and that started this this journey of healing. And I, I'm being clean and sober from drink over six years of August 26th, 2022 is my Congratulations. sixth year. Congratulations. That's phenomenal. Yeah, thanks. And, and, and uh, you know, I didn't need to go through any program. I've, I don't have any issue being around booze like I um, and I'm not diminishing anyone that needs to go through 12-step or whatever, no, but I've yeah. reverse engineered that stuff because I knew there was a way of not being tethered to it. Uh, and like none of that stuff holds any power over me at all because I share it with gay abandon. You know, if you read my book, Bet On You, right? it's all in there. It's all in there. Like I don't care what people think of me is none of my business, right? Right, right. I lost 99% of my former circle of friends, many of whom are just drinking buddies, by got by getting clean and sober and just trying to be a better human. Mm-hmm. And then when the lockdowns and stuff kicked in, you know, even more people disappeared because I, I was speaking and questioning the status quo. Right, right. And 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 as you grow and develop, and for, for people that are listening to this that are on their own journey, like mm-hmm. be prepared to cop flack from people that love that loved you or love you mm-hmm. are family members. Yeah. It's yeah. driven a wedge between many of members of my family. And what it is, Drew, is that it's forcing them to reflect upon their own shitty dysfunctional behaviors. Yes. Right. Yes. And they don't like it. I haven't 
physically done anything to them. Yeah. I'm just yeah. reminding them of their own insecurities. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just happened. Oh, absolutely. So, okay. but but just to finish, that, yeah. what's happened? The, and I don't want to doom and gloom it because it's yeah. absolutely worthwhile. What's yeah. starting to happen now is that friends and family are starting to knock on the door and say, what are you doing? Like, clearly, whatever you're doing is working. Like, can mm-hmm. I... And I get some of that. Yes. And it's and it's having a really powerful effect on on my life in yeah. that way. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, you know, there, there are, you mentioned before that I find some similarities in your journey and mine. I mean, at, being an empath, I can, I can, I can empathize. And, uh, you know, there's, there's one thing being an empath and letting people walk all over you. And then there's another thing being an empath and still having some self-identity and some boundaries. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I look back at some stand-up comedy that I did in 2014, 15, I think it was. The jokes were so cringy Mm. and they were just me beating up on myself and it's a rare day on earth where you'll ever catch me talking poorly about myself, Drew. You know, you and I have spent enough time on the phone. You'll know that's the case. Right. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, you know, but he was talking about, you know, unmitigated financial disaster. Well, I use that for effect because it's true, right? Right, right, right. right. But it ended up being a blessing. And and as you go through these life experiences and you learn and and garner the tools and the resources on how to handle the stuff, Even the most depressing, sad things don't affect you in the same way. Yep. And, you know, in addition to all of that other stuff, Drew, you know, my wife and I have gone through 16 consecutive miscarriages collectively, you know. My gosh. And, and you know, while, whilst I was going broke, you know, right, right. whilst I was losing mm-hmm. friends, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whilst I had to leave the country to protect my medical freedoms and and um, mandates, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I'm yeah. not. I'm not putting on a facade. This is who I am. No, this you could. You am, could right? have with all that. The, the the average person can cave in and give up. You know. Um, you know to be able to to know your true belief system and fight back the status quo or what people what you believe people think you should be. That's a credit to, to you, and I've been doing it too. And yeah, we're going to get flack by doing that, but it's, it's, it's invigorating. It's, it's an amazing feeling when you could be your authentic self and let people say it's out of character. Well, so yeah, well, I used to you pretend I was somebody else. This is me. And like you said, I don't care what people think about me either anymore. You know, and I used to for 50 some odd years. So I give you credit. Thanks, bro. Yeah, well... I think it's good to to talk about the, the the challenging stuff because when I finally figured out my purpose, right, to to be known, to become and known as the world's most positively influential speaker, right, that's my right. pathway mm-hmm. by by declaring the world's best courage coach. Right. I never anticipated the heat that I was going to attract. Yeah. But that's that's a. Two percent of the ninety-eight percent greatness, and mm-hmm. I am blessed to receive messages from people all over the world, right. from reading the book or watching an interview on the podcast or mm-hmm. an interaction we've had that that outstrips all the negative stuff by millions to one, almost. You know, so mm-hmm. don't ever stop. 
particularly if you know that you're on the right path. Yeah. I think you really take home that human beings inevitably think negatively. So regardless of all the positive stuff you do, if one thing happens at the end of the day that's negative, unfortunately, the human brain focuses on that negative aspect. So it does take a lot of work to turn it. And we can turn it. The brain is like a recorder. It just listens to what it hears. So the fact that you don't say anything negative, it's all positive, the brain starts to believe it and you start to believe it and you can move forward. And I, and, and, you know, I, I hope people in the audience can learn from you that we can train the brain. Well, let, let me just clarify something real quick, Drew. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I wouldn't say that I, everything I say is posit positive because I'm not delusional. Yes. You know, bad, bad things happen. Yes, they do. There's better ways of reframing, you know, oh, this always happens to me. You know, I'm yep. working through this challenge. Yes. Right? Yep. And the, and the significance of uh, Jack Canfield taught me this when we were on a, um, when I interviewed him, right? Yeah. He talks about having a swear jar at home, but instead of putting money in for, for profanity, right. you put five or 10 bucks in for negative self-talk. Got it. Okay. And even the most wealthy person will, won't want to cough up 10 bucks of bloody pop. Right. And, and what it does, Drew, is it allows you to become hyper aware of how other people speak. Mm -hmm. So it helps you in your decision-making process in terms of who you want in your life. Right. Jim Rohn said you become like the five people you spend the most time around. Like, mm -hmm. and, and I've become ruthless in terms of cutting people out in, in a heartbeat that do not serve me well, including family, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can't do that, Laban. That's your dad. Yeah. Motherfucker, watch me, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because my 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 energy and and is so important. I don't care. I like I set very strong boundaries and guidelines in the way that people should do with me as well. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'd say know, know your worth and stand your ground and you know your worth. Speaking of your worth, Laban, you had mentioned to me an, a, a relatively new program coaching you were you were starting to do. Yeah. Wanted to so you mention that and uh... Yeah, well I do I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Mm -hmm which has been the, the majority of the coaching I've done really. And I, I wanted to create something that was suitable for people that don't have the, the time and financial access mm -hmm. to one-on-one to -on -one coaching. Because mm -hmm. when I started out, Drew, my first coach was about a thousand US dollars for four months worth. And she was out of Mauritius. Okay. Um, she's a friend of mine's mother-in-law. And as you, you know, as your time becomes more and more, uh, valuable, I suppose. Um, I want to create accessibility. So I, there's a group coaching program called World's Best Group Coaching. Mm. And and what's World's Best? Well, it's it's an opportunity for people that uh, want to learn about the declaration of becoming the world's best in their chosen niche, right? Right. Or niche, depending on where you're from. Mm -hmm. So we meet for one hour every two weeks. And as the group grows, and I'll manage the numbers if it gets to a point where it's like it seems too, too many, yeah, there'll be an opportunity for people to ask for what their their why is or what their help is rather. Mm -hmm. What help, you know, what's the what's the number one pain point? And if for anyone that hasn't done any any group coaching before, a lot of the benefit you get in being in that environment is from observing the 
the responses to other people's queries, right? right? right. Yep. And um, it, it's a great introduction to coaching. It's a pretty low time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the financial commitment is very, very reasonable. It's 200 US dollars a month, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And we have an affiliate program as well, which we can talk about um, on 101. But right. the people that are interested in this, send me a message to my email address, which is just Laban at labanditchburn.com. And just in the subject line, just put world's best uh, group coaching. Okay. And we can, and we'll get on a call and, and sort it out. So that that's mm-hmm. the best way to do it for the meantime. And there's some great opportunity early mm-hmm. doors as the group is still new. Right. We just ran our first thing uh, last week and our next session will be next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, at the moment to work with me for years, 80,000 to give you an idea. So, okay. all right. You know, and that'll, that'll keep going up. Wonderful. Now, definitely well worth it. Um, you mentioned Bet on You, your book. How can people get a hold of your book, Laban? Well, they can, they can get it on Audible in my voice, if you like my <laughs> dulcet right. tones, right? Yeah. I recorded it knowing that that was going to be a thing. I, I don't like, no offense to anyone that's done this, but I don't like reading books where they get a, a voice actor. No, I like hearing no. it, even if they think they've got a shitty voice. I'm telling you, you don't. Yeah. Um, and it's on Kindle, and, and there's a paperback that can be ordered on every single Amazon site on, mm-hmm. site on planet Earth. Yep. Bet on you, Laban Ditchburn. Right. Well, I, I did. I did order the book. It came in the mail, so it is one of my next reads after I get through uh, Napoleon Hill's uh, "Think and Grow Rich." Then I'll read "Bet on You," and I'm sure you Ooh. followed some of that stuff <laughs> that in that book. It's a, it's a tough book to follow, isn't it? But they're yeah. both very different books. But uh, yeah. the, look, the, the book the book is for anyone that has dealt with addiction is dealing with addiction or has anyone in their life that they care about that is, is struggling with addiction, right? Addiction, really the patterns of it are the same. doesn't matter what it is. Right. And uh, it's in storytelling form. So there's no finger waggling. There's no like do as I say, not as I do. Right. Right. It's very important. It's in alignment. So, and I wanted to make something that was wildly entertaining. Mm -hmm. That was true. Yeah. And, uh, but also had like a, a wrap up, a Laban's random lesson at the end of every chapter. So right. Right. if it's not the best book you've read in the last 12 months, send me an email and I'll send you a photograph of me bearing my bum down the main street. <laughs> and, um, I love it. Uh, I could talk to you all day, man. Uh, two final questions. Laban, you're talking to your younger self. And you're giving one piece of advice about life, what you would have done differently had you have known. What would you tell to young Laban? Look, I don't know that I would do anything differently because it would then change the trajectory of my life. But if you were forcing me to answer, mm-hmm. I, I would say to myself, what age am I talking to my younger self, by the way? Let's say you are nine years old. Laban, you are going to develop a taste for alcohol when you're about 15. Mm -hmm. You're eventually going to give it up, all right? It's going to cause you to do all of the stupid things (laughs) in your life. I would encourage you to seriously reconsider 
drinking alcohol in the future. Beautiful, beautiful message. And I'll follow that up with you speaking to the young Laban entrepreneur. What would you, what advice would you give him? Maybe some things that you've done as an early entrepreneur that, that you would change. Oh man. <laughs> you got yeah. another half an hour. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I I think the only thing that I can say that, that might be of value really is like follow your alignment. Like don't try and force anything. Follow the alignment. Mm-hmm. And when you are operating in alignment, truly operating in alignment, not trying to manipulate an outcome or be desperate or whatever, like it's right. effortless, Drew. It's yeah. some of the greatest outrageous things I've pulled off in my life are the easiest. And some of the worst things that have eventuated were the hardest amount of work, you know. Yep. But it, everything that happens then becomes a powerful anecdote for credibility when I'm talking to other people. So I don't know that I would diminish any of the shitty experiences, you know, maybe, maybe now that you get me thinking about it, I'm 42. I act like I'm 24 (laughs) and you know, I would have loved to have been able to meet Anna Mm. uh, years early. Right. And and to have started the baby making process earlier, yeah. Um, I want I want a big clan of babies. I understand that? Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, I want a Genghis Khan that mofo. You know, like I want ten yeah. percent of the population to be a descendant of the world's best courage coach. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but I'm a I'm a monogamous man, so we've got to figure out a way to to live longer and um. You know, and I'm and I'm figuring out some of that stuff as well. You know, with the biohacking that I'm doing. So anyway, that'll well, be in the next book. I admire you, my friend, and please say hi to Anna for me. And I wish you all the best. And I look forward to continuing our our relationship, our friendship. Uh, you're a good man, and I'm glad you're in my community because uh, I need to have more people like you around me. So thank you very much for coming on, Laban. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for the for the opportunity. If you're listening to this for the first time and you haven't, uh, get on and review, rate, and like this this podcast that, that helps drive organic growth and helps people that wouldn't have found this to find it. And for those that want more information on some of the work that I'm doing, you can text the word courage, C-O-U-R-A-G-E, to double three triple seven. And it's in the US only. I think maybe Canadians can do it as well. And there's a free copy of the uh, Audible version of the book, not through Audible, but it's an Audible um, version. So Courage to Double Three Triple Seven, and you can stay abreast. I've got another book in the in the process as we speak. Called World's Best Courage Coach, incidentally. Perfect. I do uh, recommend you guys reach out to Lib, and he's a good man, and uh, every every discussion I have with him adds value. So Lib, and thanks again for coming on, my friend, and I will talk soon. Appreciate you, Drew. Appreciate you too, my friend. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. 
If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.